Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. You're listening to the Qalam Podcast. Alhamdulillah, since last Ramadan, over 4 million people have benefited from, listened to, and downloaded the Qalam Podcast. Tens of thousands of people have benefited from and learned from the various classes, intensives, and seminars that Qalam provides. And inshallah, this Ramadan will be providing even more beneficial content, lectures, and programming for people all around the world, free of any cost or charge to them. In order for us to keep doing this work, we need your support, we need your help, we need you to be our partners in this Sadaqah Jariyah. Please go to supportqalam.com. That's support, Q-A-L-A-M, supportqalam.com, and provide your most generous support. Millions of people all around the world are insha'Allah, bi'idnillah, going to benefit from all of this work, and this will be your sadaqah jariyah for the eternal life of the hereafter. We really appreciate having you as part of the Qalam team and supporting us in this work, this mission, this cause. Jazakumullahu khairan. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Bismillah walhamdulillah wa salatu wassalamu ala mursaleen. وبعد on one occasion there was an elderly man with a gray beard passing by a grave when he stopped by the grave and began to cry he sobbed profusely to the point that his entire beard was wet Somebody standing beside him knew him, knew his habits, asked him, saying, why are you crying when generally Jannah or Jahannam would be mentioned before you and you don't cry the same way? But today we're passing by the grave and it seems as though you're not in control of your emotions. And it seems very difficult for you to just fathom the idea of the grave. And this elderly man, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he says to the person who asked the question that you want my honest thoughts? The grave is the first station before your ultimate test begins. If you are successful, then you're going to pass with flying colors. And if you trip and fail at this moment, nothing but difficulty awaiting you. And then, this elderly man, he says, I heard my Habib, my beloved, that I saw the punishments of the grave. And let me tell you horrendous, horrific, frightening things, but nothing compares to the difficulty, the punishment. The man continued to sob and cry. Who was this person? Uthman ibn Affan radiallahu ta'ala. And in this moment of realization, 
There's a that even the greatest of Sahaba would come and break down into tears when they realized how transient and how short-lived the pleasures of this life really are. As recorded in Jami' At-Tirmidhi, the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he enters the masjid and he sees the companion يَسْتَكْشِرُ which is a very interesting yet rare verb. They were, for all intents and purposes, chilling, having fun, laughing. It means they were laughing so much you could see their molars. So the Prophet ﷺ, he seized the opportunity for it to be a learning experience. And he gathers everyone and he sits them down. Shall I not tell you something that you should remember often? Think about death. Why? Because it will help you. Now this is fascinating because for many people, the topic of death is morbid. The moment you bring up death, people don't want to talk about it anymore. It's as though you literally, no pun intended, drew the soul out of the conversation. People don't like talking about death. But Nabi Wasallam he says, why is it important? Because it will help you get through the difficulties of life. That no matter how unbearable your challenges are, it's nothing but a small impediment towards a greater and longer journey. The journey of the Akhirah. In wasallam would encourage that we recite is, Allahumma qsim lana, O oh Allah, bless me, make it within my sustenance, grant me, Grant me so much conviction in your promise of the afterlife that when someone passes away or I lose my job or I'm sick, if I have some financial difficulty, whatever it may be, these challenges don't really faze me because I know they're transient. And then the Prophet وسلم, as he's speaking to his companions, he says to them, Look, there's a time and place for everything. There's a time and place for everything. We can have fun, but let me tell you, when a person passes away, he's going to be taken to his grave. He's going to be buried. One by one, people will begin to leave. This person, this person will be in his grave alone. As Mufti Kamani was explaining, he'll be alone. But, he will hear the footsteps of his loved ones slowly receding in the background. And then he'll be joined by two angels. And these two angels, they're going to sit him up. And the questioning, the questioning begins. If the person's a believer, then the answers will come swiftly. And the first question, among other questions, would be visual referring to the Prophet. And if the person says, yes, I do recognize him. In fact, I modeled my entire life around his sunnah. Then subhanAllah, the angels will say to that, look to your right and look to your left. And two windows will open. And he could literally get the fumes of Jahannam. And as he's about to feel that difficulty, angels will say to him, the decisions that you made in your life, the sacrifices that you've made, are the reason why today that door is going to... You will never have to deal with that again. And then a window to Jannah will be opened 
and he will be told, enjoy the fragrance and the breeze from paradise. Flip side, the person who, subhanAllah, doesn't follow the commandments of the Prophet ﷺ or Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he's asked, do you recognize this person? He'll begin to scratch his head and say, he'll start to fumble, he'll become agitated and scared because he doesn't have an answer. And then the angels will say, ma talayta wa ma darayta. You don't have a clue what awaits you. And then the same thing will happen, but doom only awaits this individual. And then the Prophet ﷺ, he concludes by saying that the qabr is one of two things. A piece of a garden from paradise or it's going to be a pit of hell. And this is something that could resonate with many of us, especially those of us who've gone for Umrah in the past. You know, when you sign up these days on Nusuk so you can go to Rawdatum min Riyadhul Jannah, people are trying to get in. Sometimes a person's not allowed to go in because he already went the day before and he fakes that, you know, he fakes the screenshot. You know, one of my friends, he saw me waiting in line. He comes with that bogus screenshot. I don't know how they figured it out. It looked legit to me. I get in and the guards like grab him and they kick him out. I felt so bad for him. I said, bro, just take mine. I don't mind. I'll just pray by, uh, you know, somewhere else. It's fine. But... We understand a garden from the gardens of paradise. That was where the Prophet ﷺ encouraged us. So when we think about the afterlife, we're so fixated on paradise and so fixated on hell. And these two places and abodes are our ultimate place. But there's purgatory. There's a triage. There's a place before we get there. The barzakh, the grave where our first test begins. We all heard of Imam al-Bukhari, his famous collection of hadith, Sahih al-Bukhari. Nobody here perhaps hasn't heard of it. Although his name is celebrated in the annals of Islamic history, it's worth mentioning that towards the final years of his life, he experienced an unimaginable amount of difficulty. He was in exile, fleeing from place to place. At one point, he was seen initially as Amirul Mu'minin. He had thousands. In fact, according to one number, according to one estimate, estimate, if you think this is a large crowd, he had ninety thousand people in his gathering in a place called Farabr. So he was very famous. But towards the final moments. Due to some jealousy, someone tried to have him persecuted and he was fleeing from place to place. He's going from Nishapur to Bukhara to Farabar. And in the final moments as he's leaving, his family members say to him, you know, things must be very difficult. Come and stay with us in Samarkand. And he's on his way and he stops in a village not too far away. And he's praying Salah. And after Salah is done, it's Maghrib time. He walks outside of his home and he raises his hands and he makes a dua to Allah, saying to Allah, Ya Allah, this earth bima rahubat. Despite how expansive 
and how vast it is, I feel this tightness. I feel restricted. Ya Allah, fatawafani. Take me back to you. And at that very moment, he drops to the ground and he passes away. And subhanAllah, you wouldn't believe it, but that was the night of Eid. He passed away hours after Ramadan had concluded. And the reason I'm saying this story is because the village that he was buried in is known as Khartang. Why is it called Khartang? According to some reports, it's because years later when he received the acclaim and recognition that he deserved, people would flock to his grave. But subhanAllah, a smell, a fragrance would emanate from his grave to the point that people would go just to observe it because they couldn't believe it. And that shows when your grave is a garden from the gardens of paradise, subhanAllah, if you're deserving of it, then elements of that can be perceived in this life. Ibn Kathir, he relates a story about Umar radiallahu an. He was praying Aisha salah one day, and after the salah was done, he looked back and he noticed someone was missing. And the reason he realized this person was missing because he was a teenager who would frequent the masjid, and he didn't see him there. So subhanAllah, he asked around what happened, and they say they said to him, they said to Umar, that this young individual, he passed away early this morning, so he couldn't, obviously, um, his whole family was busy, so they couldn't let you know what happened. But now that you know, please, you know, go visit his grave, make some dua for him. But before that, the father told Umar radiallahu anhu how he passed away. He said to him that the previous night, he actually was part of the congregation. He was part of the jama'ah for Aisha. And this teenager, he had this habit, after salah, before he would go home, he would visit his parents. And he would spend some time with his mother and father and help them out. On one day, one occasion, as he was going to help out his parents, he bumps into someone who, for a lack of better terms, tried to seduce him. And he felt very inclined, he felt enticed, because he's young. The call was there, and he felt, why not? And as he's about to enter the home, this moment of realization just dawns upon him. It was just this instinct. The moment the realization dawned upon him, he collapsed. And then the other person was frantic, scared, so she goes around and starts calling someone, and this person comes and says, you know, can somebody help this person? He just collapsed. And then the father comes, and this person regains consciousness, and he just had a verse of the Qur'an on his tongue, and he said, The people who have even an ounce of consciousness of Allah, when shaitan tries to get them when they're most vulnerable, 
instinctively they get that moment of realization, that epiphany. And they're able to see more than they have ever seen before. And when that person passed away, because that person eventually, due to that state, passes away. Umar radiallahu anhu, he hears this, and he's really touched by the story. And he goes to the grave of this individual, and he calls out. And he says, O dweller of the grave, Allah promises those people, وَلِمَنْ خَافَ مَقَامَ رَبِّهِ جَنَّتَانِ That if you truly fear Allah, not fear in the sense of you fear the cops, do you truly have a connection with Allah, and out of love for Him, you avoid those things that are unlawful? Jannatan, not one paradise. Allah has saved for you two jannat, two gardens. And then a response comes from the grave that Allah has blessed me with both. Allah has blessed me with both. Now, for many of us, very science savvy, more educated folk, this may seem unbelievable. What? A call from the grave? Yes, a call from the grave. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants and our actions demand, then our grave can be not only a rawda, a garden for me, but even the people around can get glimpses into what I am enjoying. And the opposite is equally true. As the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Recorded in Sunan Abi Dawood, he was passing by the graves. And he sees two graves. And he breaks a twig. And he places the twigs on two graves. And the Sahaba, they were shocked. It's a bit odd. Like, why are you, you know, doing something strange? And the Prophet ﷺ said to them, the two inhabitants of this, these graves, they're being punished. And And they're being punished not because they've done something, you know, massive, something serious, but they're still being held accountable. One of them, his crime was he would spread fitna and gossip just so that people would fight among one another. Another person was unmindful of their purity, their purification. But Nabi Sallallahu says, I hope with my dua that Allah will uplift their punishment. We can speak all night about the grave being either a garden or a pit of hell. But what's more important is for us to actively do something to prepare for that moment. You know, one of the duas that we're told to recite is, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika, O Allah, I seek protection from fitna. Which types of fitna? Fitnatil mahya wal mamat. The challenges of life, the challenges of death. Wa fitnatil dajjal, the fitna of dajjal. But in the same string of sentences, the Prophet ﷺ, he also says, Oh Allah, I seek protection from the punishment of the grave. And that's the dua we need to make. So if tonight, and we hope tonight, is Laylatul Qadr, that we see it, our dua to Allah is, save us from the challenges of life and death. 
Save us from the challenges of Dajjal. Save us from the punishment of the grave. And this is the promise of Allah. وَلِمَنْ خَافَ مَقَامَ رَبِّهِ جَنَّتَانِ That we're striving for Jannah. Well, Allah says, I'll do you one better. You won't only get one Jannah, I'll give you two Jannahs. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inspire us to make everything that we've done so far a source of our protection in the afterlife. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to reconnect with Him. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make our graves a garden from the gardens of paradise. And may He not make it a pit from the pits of hell. Ameen ya rabbal alameen. Jazakumullahu khairan. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.